again, everybody. Welcome back to Murphy's Law. Uh, this is Charles Murphy hanging out as always with Charles filling away about Charles. What's up today? Much excited to talk about stuff about loops. Yeah, and the kind of kind of been a little calm before the storm leading up to D twenty three, and um, mm. we did get did get some news worth talking about this week. We also got some news not worth talking about this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> we definitely wanted to start off with uh, a rumor Charles actually brought to my attention, I guess, maybe two or three days ago about uh, the Loki series for Disney+. Plus. So, Charles, one, if people haven't heard that, why don't you catch them up on what that is? Basically, this rumor came out um, saying or rather explaining how the Loki series will tie in to um, the fourth Thor film. And it's basically saying that Loki will be basically jumping around through time until he lands eventually in the main timeline where, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder happens. And it's not exactly clear how he manages, you know, to travel time since he has the space stone and not the time stone. But this is what the this side is claiming. Fandom wire, they're saying Loki shows up in Love and Thunder. And, and that's sort of the explanation for how Jane ends up with Mjolnir. Apparently Loki brings the... The Mjolnir of, you know, the 2012 Avengers Mjolnir, and he brings it to, you know, the main timeline. This is a, a site I'm not, I mean, I know the site, I'm not super familiar with their track record on breaking scoops. Um, at the same time, I guess it's, even though I don't understand how he could travel through time, it does seem, I mean, it does seem at least possible. I don't know. How do you feel about the, maybe not so much the credibility of it, but how do you, what do you feel about how that changes the story um, or how that affects the future of, of the MCU? I mean, I mentioned it to you when I brought it up. It does finally, you know, explain why a Loki series would be canon to the Phase 4 story. Because, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Loki and What If and those shows feel like supplemental stories that aren't essential to the Phase 4 viewing. But, I mean, based on this rumor, it does make sense for, for Feige to consider Loki a big part of Phase 4. Yeah, and, and we know, like, from... Feige said this multiple times, that each of these shows is supposed to move the story along, right? The, the greater narrative along as we go. Yeah. And, and so having this connection here certainly does that. I mean, there are other ways where if he's bouncing around throughout time, he could move the narrative along throughout the multiverse as well. Um, but this this is a more direct thing, and with its positioning pretty much right, isn't it supposed to come out right, like shortly before Thor comes out? Yeah, I think... Um, it's spring or summer before it comes out. Very, very, yeah, very close to each other. So it, it does it does lend itself to a little bit more believability with that. Um, like I, I told you, I'm not thrilled about the idea of Loki returning to the main timeline as like adult male yes. Loki. I don't know. I mean, I love Tom Hiddleston. I love the role. Uh, but, you know, it's he died. He got his neck snapped by Thanos. He's he should be dead. Um, bringing him back as the same person in the same role. Uh, I understand, like, he'd be short, you know, seven years of growth or whatever it would be as a character, as a person. But, yeah, I don't love the idea of bringing Loki back to the main timeline as the same thing. I would, I was really excited I mean, about, like, Kid Loki or Goth Check Loki or any other Loki. I mean, I'm with you. I mentioned it to you also that Loki's story is essentially finished. 
it's just a lazy way to you know keep Tom Hiddleston and the family, um, especially when you have such a huge opportunity to like reinvent the character moving forward. Like I'd much see you know the hot chick Loki played by someone else um, rather than this Hiddleston, but yeah, it's we're we're on we're on the same page with this one. And and I did see I don't know if you saw a little like a. It was just a snippet of a whole interview. Tom did like a 20 minute interview with MTV and he yeah. talked about knowing what's going on. And he did make like some comment that there are some greater villains or, or threats or something in, in the series and what he's ever faced before, which is interesting given that he's, you know, had his neck snapped by Thanos. I actually saw that interview and at one point in the interview, he sort of like explains, you know, um, how, how, how the story comes along and, he does say before, you know, before keeping mom, he says that the story brings him to very, in, in, very interesting places, and by the end, he'll be in a totally crazy position. So I, f- I felt that was, that interview was timely along with this scoop. So based on this interview alone, I think there's a good chance this scoop ends up being true. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's given the like. It seems like every day um, as we go through a week another another news site or another twitter account or just comes up yeah. with just some garbage exclusive scoop <laughs> that we're supposed to believe um this doesn't feel like that to me this feels like something that could conceivably have gotten out it doesn't seem super made up like if tom said he's known what the premise of the series has been since they filmed infinity war i mean it doesn't it's not crazy to imagine that this got out there yeah and plus the thing with you know internet rumors and scoops is that a lot of the fake ones you can tell that they're fake because of how general it is how you know how much of a general assessment it is and when you see a sign do something very very specific then uh, fake or not it does stand out better than the other you know the other bullshit and this one is is part of that you know classification if you will I feel good about this rumor, and um, it's a smart way to bring me all near to the main timeline, at the least. Yeah, because definitely got to get back there somehow. Um, and it's doing it this way is no different than, you know, essentially what we saw Thor do in uh, Endgame, bringing it. Yeah, back essentially with the same. I wonder though which Mjolnir is gonna steal it from. From which timeline is it? Is he gonna steal it from the 2012 Thor? The same, you know, the same hammer Thor brought to Endgame, or maybe he steals Mjolnir from the 1200s or the 1300s yeah. of Thor history. That'd be interesting <laughs> to see. Yeah, there's definitely uh, no shortage of possibilities for this now. Like it's, it, and it's something I've thought a lot about, like how these series are gonna go and what impact they're gonna have on things and. And with all these other timelines, right? Like, because that's definitely going to come into play. And how many more timelines is Loki going to create while he's hopping around throughout time? Yeah, a lot of possibilities for sure. So, so you're going to have uh, some some timeline where you have a Thor with no Mjolnir way before Infinity or before Hela and Ragnarok. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd rather see that than Thor wielding Stormbreaker. I want to see. I want to see Thor without any of the, you know, the the weapons. Yeah, just give him a sword. Yeah, like a back-to-basics Thor that hasn't experienced, you know, the world yet. Yeah, I'm I'm all for, like, from Jason Aaron's run, the Thor, the young Thor, where he just has Yarnbjorn and runs around 
diving at people with just this relatively tiny axe. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I love that in that run where he's just riding his goats around and has no problem just jumping headfirst into in the battle with basically a wood cutting axe. And I, I love that Thor for you know for embracing the spirituality of 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 rather the faith of humans towards him. He treats himself, he treats those people as his, you know, as his worshippers and he whenever they pray he helps he helps them out. He he show he shows them his power and I wanna see that. I, I wonder how like one of the things that I said a long time ago before we knew even that Hemsworth was coming back for another one was one of the cool things with Thor is you can tell stories with Chris Hemsworth literally forever for another 40 years, right? With Thor being immortal. And, and you could also, I mean, God, he still, he still looks pretty good. And with their de-aging stuff that they do now, like you could just as easily let him grow his hair out a little bit and shave his beard and de-age him. And you could be telling stories going the other way, probably for another 20 years before he got too old to run around and do stuff like that. So I think you've got, you've got a lot of options and, and maybe this series uh, Loki series opens up even more. I mean, and just in addition to how it might set up Love and Thunder, maybe it opens up other avenues too. Yeah, and speaking of Thor returning, uh, Loki rather returning to Thor, we got news yesterday that Martin Freeman was returning for Black Panther 2, which doesn't have a date yet. I don't, I read the original article and I don't even know that I would call it a confirmation. Like he, he basically was like, yeah, as far as I know, I'm coming back. Like, I do have a contract that says that I'm supposed to come back, but I don't know when. I don't know anything about it. But, yeah, I mean, everybody loves Martin Freeman, his character. I, I guess I hope that he gets a little bit more to do than what he did in uh, yeah. in, in Black Panther. I know he got to fly the plane around and, like, shoot things. But I loved, like, in out of the, out of the comics, I loved that character. I loved when he was... Um, wasn't it him hanging out with Mephisto? And yeah, his, he, his, his pants. Wasn't he taking a dump when Mephisto showed up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want that to happen. I gotta have it. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff has gotta happen. Yeah, I guess, right, comparing the Everett Ross in the comics and the Everett Ross in the MCU, the Everett Ross in the MCU feels like he's way too cool to get into those kinds of shenanigans. Well, the comic version is... Straight up wacky, kooky, and almost like a, a little, dummy. Yeah, a little more bumbly. I want to see him like I want to see Martin Freeman embrace, you know, the Bilbo's Bilbo bag inside of you know of Everett Ross. Yeah. So speaking of Mephisto, I was I just wonder when you know that Feige and company are just drooling at the thought of adding him into the films, getting a character like that that can pop in and out that doesn't sure. really get defeated like it's just such a such an interesting character you know they want to use so i, just, I don't know we're going to see him in black panther 2 are we going to see him and hold on to him until they do silver surfer is he going to be in doctor strange like he's just he's shown up in so many places like i just i know that they're going to throw him in there i can't wait to see what their plan is i mean it makes sense for him to show up and the doctor strange movies and the movies all about you know the more favors of madness and you know horror stuff and um, it makes sense for me to see him on with Nightmare on screen. I don't know if the realms, you know, overlap, but yeah, that's what I want. Seeing those two next to each other, if you're if you're talking about 
Doctor Strange being a true, the first true like horror movie of the MCU. Yeah, throwing those two creepy ass looking characters next to each other is probably a must. And I just now that I'm thinking about it, like with Derrickson as a horror guy and being in charge of of bringing those guys into the into the universe, I can't even imagine what kind of crazy concept art they've got going for Nightmare. And yeah, and speaking of Mephisto and you know other horror stuff, we got news also this week that Marvel TV is developing more horror shows for Hulu in addition to, you know, to Hellstrom and Ghost Rider. What do you think of that? I know for sure at least one of them that they put on, um, at least they trademarked and were developing, was Glyph. I think we talked about it on here one time. Um, She was, like, able to connect with the spirits. Um, So I know that's one of them. But, yeah, to find out that they had a, a little bit bigger plan and... And that what what was the the like group name they gave them? Adventure into Fear. There you go. So that they were gonna have it sounds it sounds like one of the cool old Marvel titles, right? Like Journey in the Mystery or Strange Tales or all whatever. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. no, I mean I, I searched where they got the name. Apparently one of the first issues of that that Adventure into Fear comic was Man Thing. Uh-huh. So, okay. I'm wondering um, with the success of the Swamp Thing show that we'd love to talk about and, their, and the untimely cancellation of it. I'm just wondering what if Marvel has plans, you know, to get into that swampy creature feature side of Marvel. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no reason not to, really, right? Like, if, if there's a vacancy in that, in that space where, you know, you have, you had a, a nice little run, 10 episodes or whatever of Swamp Thing that looked good because that to me that's one thing that it proved is like you can make the character look good on screen when, when you had that was a concern for me when i first saw like they're making a swamp thing i was like all right are you going to spend the money to make him look good and and dc totally did so yeah get get man thing in there let him be terrifying with his goony looking face and set people on fire I'm, I'm all for it i don't know the difference between man thing and swamp thing like aside from like their actual look what are their similarities in their origins and, you know, the source of their powers? Well, the the creators, like, were roommates in college or something like that. <laughs> like Len Wayne? Yeah, Len and whoever, was it Marv, that, Marv Wolfman that did? I think, yeah, I think it was Marv. So, whoever okay. that was, they were, like, roommates in college or, or art school or wherever they went and did stuff. Um, so, they clearly, you know, had this idea between them before that. I don't know, like, the... The Swamp Thing is like the defender of the green, and it's just like that whole kind of mystical side there. And Man Thing's big deal is he's the has to defend the nexus of all realities, which I'm still really unclear on what that is. Um, <laughs> but but that's what he does. And you know, like the cool the cool thing that the thing that I always liked about Man Thing is the the saying like anyone that knows fear burns at the touch of the Man Thing, and then like watching him palm people by their face, set them on fire, is always like. Like the old, the old '70s Man Thing books were were straight up horror books. They really were. So I'm all for it. Like right. let Annie pick somebody up by their face and just watch them burn. It would be less less violent than the Swamp Thing uh, episode where they ripped the dude in half or quarters or whatever they did. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board just with your explanation. And if the DC show can pull it off, I'm sure Rick Marvel can. You know, maybe pull it. Almost off. I don't know. As <laughs> long as he looks talking. just as good as Lash, I think, is all we're looking for here. Lash kind of looked like shit, though. 
is what happened in the hands of Jeffrey Loeb. Thinking of other like horror shows that can show up, um, what are the chances of us getting, you know, Werewolf by Night? Oh man, I that that's one that like it just seems like a no brainer, right? Like it's such a such an old classic one, and yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't infringe like, on any Marvel movie plans or anything. Like, that just seems like a no-brainer. Like, plus, we've had so many werewolf, quote-unquote, shows throughout the years that television has perfect, perfected the, you know, the the, the transformation side of the yeah. effect werewolves and stuff. So, I think it's the most doable for a property right there now. Oh, yeah. I think that one, that that's one that makes a ton of sense. I do wonder, like, with with Blade down the road, like how far, like if there's going to be vampires, you're not going to leave it just at vampires, right? There's going to be vampires, going to be werewolves, there's going to be whatever else. He's not just going to go, they're not going to just say, oh, Blade only fights this one, we only have this one specific type of monster in the movies that Blade fights. Other than that, there are no supernatural creatures. What are the chances of Elsa Bloodstone appearing in the movies? Elsa Bloodstone. Is there a connection with Blade and Elsa? There very easily could be. And like the the whole Bloodstone thing is such a cool like long long play arc. Like her dad found that gem, like got the little piece of it embedded into his chest and became immortal. Yeah, I'd be I love the, like the very little that has been done with Elsa Bloodstone. She's a great character. She's like so spunky and so kick ass. Um, and you know as they're always looking to expand their their roster of female characters, she's such a great one. And I would be. God, I would hate for her to end up on under Loeb's watch on ABC or Hulu or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say that I'd rather much her. I'd rather have her show up in like a Blade sequel than Marvel TV show. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and and let that let that be its own thing and let it happen. Like that, there's guarantee you. Like for those of you that don't get like who know who Elsa Bloodstone is, like she pretty much came into being in the comics. Although her dad came in much, much earlier. I think her dad appeared maybe like back in 72 or something. Elsa came in like post Buffy the Vampire Slayer and was kind of like Marvel's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And when I say that, I don't I'm not referring to the movie. I'm talking about like the Buffy that was in the series, right? Like the actual Buffy the Vampire Slayer, just a a real kick ass monster hunting chick that was just just sassy and hilarious and i like there there hasn't been a ton of stuff with her but everything that she's been in she's been done well and it would be i mean it it would be and they'd almost have to dial her down a little bit to put her in the mcu but that would be okay i mean it'd be it could be pretty cool yeah i mean and i mean talking about jeff Loeb's, you know golden hand you know that turns everything to gold um yes came out that marvel tv was developing shows for disney plus yeah, I was I was surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Uh, up until this point, Mar- uh, Disney Plus seemed like uh, a film division sort of crew, click, yeah. rather than you know a Marvel TV one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe because it, it isn't like Loeb has only been shady when he's had a, a small budget to work with, right? Like Netflix spent money on those shows, and so I don't think that's an issue. So you can't you can't say like, hey, well he's Disney Plus now, so he's got a bigger budget, and the shows will automatically be better. Like it's there's just a, a a disconnect there with him and like what stories he thinks people want to hear and what stories he's telling in his 
insistence to continue not to to base them in the comics right like everyone will tell you how much they love the movies because they they are actually pay homage to the comics and hit the right spots and he's like ah fuck we don't need to give iron fist a mask and do a dragon we'll just do glowy red eyes like i I can think of any marvel property that would get me excited on disney plus it it it, honestly like is i'm i'm excited to get disney plus to get it going like think about the like the mandalorian is such an exciting project and john favreau is such a just think just compare john favreau to jeff Loeb. That's what you're doing, right? You're giving these two guys the same space to do stuff. And Favreau is such an you know, attention to detail guy and such a nerd at heart. And you know that when he's going to deliver something, it's going to respect the source material. And uh, yeah, he's going to take yeah. it places that the source material doesn't because that's what they do with the movies. They're not going to just copy the comics. But then you get Loeb. And then, like, look, I mean, God, I don't know. I just have a. I struggle to think about how he's going to fit into that that world there with that with those guys. I was I was surprised to find out. Like you know the think about this. You're you're a huge Daredevil guy. Yeah. The last time you got to see Daredevil, it wasn't in the sweet red costume. It was in no. it was back to the back back to the basics black. Yes. Like he somehow thought that was the right way to go. Which I which I, I while I love the third season mostly. The, the decision to bring him to the black suit felt super lazy. It felt like a cheap way to, you know, not update the costume, to stick away from the goofy costume. I mean, his, his red costume was goofy as fuck. And, yeah, I saw, I saw no improvement on that level. They have no budget. They have no idea how to make it look good. Like they, the, the, their only workaround always is to go back to the black suit. Yep. Hey, it's it's just easy, right? Yeah, it's so so easy. It's an easy, you know, fix. So we'll see. I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna turn me off from buying Disney Plus for the crazy cheap price that I get that Hulu. I'm I, I'm pretty sure that it's like a dollar more or a dollar less than what I pay for Hulu now. So like to get all three of those things in the bundle when that finally comes out. ESPN, Hulu, and Disney Plus, right? Yeah. The only way I could see Loeb working in that, you know, that Disney Plus system if he's developing another animated series, which he has done in the past. <clears throat> yeah. Somebody like, did um, say that Disney Plus would be a great way to bring back the X-Men animated series. Oh, yeah. Like the, the 90s one, updated, an updated yep. version of the 90s one? Yep. Oh, that'd be good. Somebody told said that on my Twitter, and I was like, damn, that's... That's good because you know they brought Young Justice back on the on DC Universe and has been a big hit. So that would be pretty cool. I mean, if Jeff Loeb does that, that would be one of the few things he gets right. Yeah, no, I could I could handle that. If it's more yeah. live action garbage, I don't know if I could do it. Anyway, did you hear about this thing about this Asian guy getting cast to play an ancient ruler of a distant kingdom? The casting rumor. Yeah. I did. Yep. Um, I know. I know some sites uh, are are once again scrambling to Namor. Like I know a couple places. Every time one of these casting calls comes out that says it's Asian, like got to be Namor. And I don't know how many headlines you get to run as a site that says this casting call has got to be Namor before you people stop paying attention to you. So I I have the casting call. I've looked at the casting call. Um, the most important piece of information on these casting calls is that this this project this film is not being cast by Sarah Finn, who does all the Marvel stuff. 
It's being cast um, by a lady named, I think, Kathleen Chopin, who was an, she helped do stuff for Black Panther, and she does she works out of New York. So, oh, um, if you track these casting decisions or casting calls, um, and you see which one she's involved in, they all seem to point to Shang Chi. It it doesn't mean it, it, it. So the thing is that these all say untitled Marvel feature or untitled Marvel project or something, right? So the other the other ones that her name have been on are are already confirmed to be Shang Chi. So then when this one comes out, and we know that we haven't started Shang Chi yet, and they're still in the process of casting, um, it makes me believe that this is very likely a cast a, a new character for Shang Chi. So yeah, another somebody else that is a the ruler of an ancient kingdom so i you know i have no idea like could be any number of people it could be they could be bringing kun lun to the mcu for all we know right like uh yes please yes like there's there's no reason there's no reason i've read the casting call and other than the fact that it says a distant and ancient kingdom there's no other information so there's nothing that makes you lean to say yes, it must be Namor. It could be literally anybody that's ever ruled a kingdom. That's that's your pool. And they're certainly not casting for Black Panther two, because that doesn't start until January. That doesn't start filming until January of twenty twenty. Um, <clears throat> Doctor Strange starts like late April, early May of. Um, or sorry, I'm sorry. Black Panther doesn't start filming until twenty twenty one, January of twenty twenty one, and Doctor Strange yeah. doesn't start filming till late April, early May of twenty twenty. So it's hard to imagine that they're casting that right now. I don't know. And then separately, what we're talking about casting calls, there was one that came out for a transgender character also last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, we, I, we missed that. Yep, that one, that is someone that's being cast by Sarah Finn, and that says that that's for a Marvel project, which makes me believe that that's a Disney Plus show. Ooh, so you think Loki? It, Loki starts in January, so that would be the most likely, yes. So, but again, like for those those of you who are listening who have followed us along for a long time here, um, like our our work that we did like four, three, four, five years ago, whenever it was, when we would get these breakdowns and crack all the the codes that they put into them, has like they've completely changed how they do stuff now. Like they they put no information out there because they realized we were cracking the code and then we had all the information. So now they give a character name that isn't like it used to be so simple. It was the character would start the letter of the character name was the same as a, um, of a code name was the same as the first letter of the character. Right. So it was always so easy for us to figure out who it was based on the descriptions. And then we say, Oh, Marvel's casting this person in a movie. Well, now they give almost no information away and they don't follow the same code. So it's, and now they're not even listing the titles on the casting calls anymore. So they're trying to keep it as secret as possible. Speaking of Shang-Chi, didn't you, like, um, not break something, but didn't you post on Twitter, like, uh, the locations that they're scouting for Shang-Chi? Yep. And, and so for the 150 people that listen, those pictures that I posted on my Twitter were not just random, hey, these are some places in Vietnam or some places in Hong Kong. Those were places that were scouted and were on track to get used in the movie. Now, the stuff going on in Hong Kong is almost certainly going to change all that. I don't yeah. think they're going to be able to run around Hong Kong, but they had, and it's a shame because if you saw one, I put one picture uh, that I put on my Twitter was of a temple, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's just a really cool setting, and it's a huge tourist attraction. 
and so yeah there's already been some talk that they're going to have to find another city um or they might just have to use somewhere uh, you know maybe do some stuff in in sydney downtown sydney and pretend that the buildings are in hong kong but i know they've also been in singapore they've been in malaysia but yeah so specifically those pictures i posted of vietnam of the the huge rice paddy of the waterfall and then of the cave those are places that were scouted to for location shots for shang chi and that cave some of this town they look really fucking amazing the cave is super interesting it's the world's largest cave i know there's been rumors that fin fang foom might be might be in there so i'll I'll be interested to see if that's like what's the place where fin fang foom lived the valley of souls or something let me see fin fang foom valley of the sleeping dragon is that it yeah i think here that seems so much easier than what i was thinking but yeah, that sounds free. The Valley of the Sleeping Dragon. Oh my God. Man, that seems really straightforward. So yeah, so like in uh, when he was a kid, the Mandarin got like run out of where he lived, and he went like traveling. Oh, what I what I found it was the Valley of Spirits, and nobody had dared set foot there for centuries, and that's where he found um, Fin Fang or found the alien ship and the rings and Fin Fang Foom. So, man, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. It would be, what a kick in the nuts it would be for Feige to lobe, to do Shang-Chi, and then just throw the giant-ass dragon in there and be like, look how cool this is. Looks pretty amazing for sure. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm, can, I'm really, like, ha- after looking up those, um, those locations and, and getting a, an idea of, like, where they're looking to film and how, like, how those settings, are, I mean, they're, it's so so lends itself to like hey we're they're in vietnam they're sort of out hiding out in the middle of nowhere is the mandarin is that like is he going to be the mandarin's organization going to be built into a cave is he going to be are they going to go like back and because it is called the legend of the ten rings so are they going to show like a younger mandarin um working his way up and having to having to flee china go maybe he went to vietnam maybe he went to the valley of the spirits and found the dragon i i mean it's it got me excited thinking about all the possibilities for the movie, and I was already so excited about it to begin with. I mean, I'm looking at the image of the, the like the lagoon with the waterfalls. Oh my god, it looks fucking amazing! Right, it looks like some of the places that they, um, like, if you think back to when you first saw the the trailer for Black Panther and some of those beautiful uh, shut up uh, shots. Yeah, yeah. It looks a lot like that. Man, I re- I really think on like a visual production design level, I think this will. And up to Black Panther. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're you're talking about like some locations over there. Like, I, I think a lot of people in America don't understand. Like, when they hear Vietnam, their only their only thought is to go back and think about the war. But like, it's a beautiful country, and it's fairly touristy, right? Like, there's there's a tourist industry in Vietnam, and there are some beautiful places that you you they're you can't find their like anywhere else in the world. So yeah, if you're going over true. there and getting some shots, like you're going to get some pretty good shots. So yeah, Shang-Chi filming in Australia, but they're going abroad. When are we expecting this? Um, I think that I know they're already in studio over there doing pre-production stuff. Um, the latest kind of from what I can see from those casting calls, it looks like it got pushed to January to get started. Like they were aiming to start in sometime during the fall. But it looks like it got pushed to January. Okay, not too bad. Loki's filming in January as well, and we've heard that 
speaking of filming, one division apparently starts next month. Yeah, that, and then uh, somebody said that Paul Bettany confirmed that at a Comic Con. He did. So I guess that 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 films before Falcon and Winter Soldier now apparently. Did he really? Let me see. I missed that. Yeah, and I I I had said, somebody had to point it out to me on Twitter because I didn't I wasn't hanging out with Paul at the Comic Con unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on on the Google News. Anything I'd about Paul? I have to go back through my Twitter timeline, but I guess it was. You know, and who knows? The guy could have just been full of shit. It seems weird because we haven't um, heard anything about that yet. And I thought they said it was, we know Loki's like January starts up. Um, and I guess to some extent I, I can buy it because because Scarlet Witch has to be in Doctor Strange with films in April. So if they waited until, uh, you know, let's say January or February, they might run into timeline problems there. Um, yeah. as far as getting her ready. So I can wait and see. The thing is, is if it's really cast, if it's really going to be filming in September, you know there aren't just going to be three actors in that, right? Which is all we have right now. So they're going to have to do some work here really quickly to fill out a cast. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just seems too early to film WandaVision. Like, it, it, it films even before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's a, it would be surprising. Um, I guess I don't, it's not what anybody was expecting. And the only thing we've heard about going before cameras anytime soon is Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I, and I will say this, like that news came off of a production site that I had never seen before. And people were like, oh, look, this production site that no one's ever heard of says this. So I searched Falcon and the Winter Soldier on that same production site. And it said that that started filming on August first, which we know is false. So you're at a you're at fifty fifty right there. I mean, I'm not buying this just based on that alone. The fact that they got Falcon way off, so I'm inclined to believe that that, that shit ain't true. Yeah, no, it's it's easier not to believe than to believe right now. That's for sure. But yeah. So what else? What else do we have to talk about? Um. Oh, Deadpool possibly being R-rated in the MCU, but PG-13 and he joins the Avengers. What do you think of that? I think that is the most... I don't know where that came from, if that was something that... Wasn't it in, like, a THR variety? It was out of a trade, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It was um, It was from Brent Lang. I think he works for Variety. He was in a Bob Iger conference. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that... That makes the most sense. Like, you're going to have um, the guys, for whatever reason, and I think a lot of it has to do with Ryan Reynolds, he's super popular, so they're going to try to get him into some things. I don't want to see him all the time, just personally. <clears throat> like, a little, bit, a little bit of Deadpool goes, a long, Deadpool goes a long way for me. But, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Like, let him keep doing his thing. Those movies aren't big-budget movies, right? That, that's one thing that Fox was very smart about, is they didn't break the bank to film those. But they made a shit ton of money back on them. I mean, honestly, I don't want to see Deadpool in the MCU. This is just me. It's very unpopular, I'm sure. But I've never been a huge fan of his, you know, his antics. And I don't want to see the MCU get, you know, tampered with his antics. In the comics, at least for me, he's been such a hit and miss character. Um, there have been some runs by some writers who just really seem to get him. And... It's been entertaining. And then there's been some where I'll get like two issues in. I'll be like, this is shit. I'm not reading it anymore and <laughs> give up on it. 
So, you know, and as far as like the two movies go, um, the first one, I, you know, when I went and watched it, it was funny. It was irreverent, like kind of in, in hindsight, though, it's not a very good movie. Like, it's just, hey, look, here's a superhero movie with dick jokes. The second movie yeah. was a much more well done movie. Like, the action was legit. I kind of, I liked Brolin as Cable. Like, Cable's a way more interesting character to me than Deadpool. Hell, everybody else that's ever been on X-Force is a more interesting character to me than Deadpool. So, you know, I, I do think that that Disney has some some plans to do stuff down the road with X-Force. Um, and so, if keeping Ryan Reynolds around as Deadpool gets me to an actual X-Force movie that's pretty sweet, I, I can deal with it. Yeah, but like, like you yeah, said, he's like the least interesting. He's like the least interesting member of the X Force. There's been so many different iterations of X Force, but I'd rather. I mean, if you're gonna make some like offbeat character from X Force, I'd rather watch a Phantom X solo movie than. Yeah, I was gonna say that Phantom X. Heck, an Archangel fucking story would be more interesting to me. Yeah, I'm all for. I mean, I'll let it bounce around. He'll make some money. If you put him in the right situation in the right movie, it can be funny. For DC, I think, um, did you hear the news that Charles Stahelski was going to do some scenes for Birds of Prey? Yeah. They, um, what's the guy's name? Charles Stahelski from John Wick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did, I did see that. Um, it's weird. They're hiring, like, a director and then a second director to do the action scenes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should have thought about that ahead of time. Um, <laughs> I mean, this kinds of hires I found always interesting. I know Quentin Tarantino did one for one of Robert Rodriguez's movies. I think, I think he does it a lot actually. But I find it yeah, interesting when though, they. Right? I'm sorry, what was that? Tarantino and Rodriguez are buddies. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like besties. So yeah. they were going to other's movies, they film scenes together. But yeah, it's interesting to see the John Wick director oversee some action scenes for Birds of Prey. Like, did it suck? Was <laughs> it not good? Did they need, you know, to spice it up? So I'm interested to see which, which scenes are these in the movie. I've got a, we've got to find that guy a, a film for a, an MCU property, right? Like, just to get those action scenes. Not, th- not that we've had poor action scenes in the MCU, but there are just guys over the history of film that just have an eye for it, right? Like that they just film, they just see things and fill things better than other people. And he seems to be one of those guys that really knows how to cut a scene together. Nathan Blade. How, Can you imagine? I, I still can't get over. Like, I, and it's been a month, and I still can't get over the fact that Feige walked on stage and was like, hey, Mahershala Ali's here, and he's fucking Blade. <laughs> like, I just, that, that has still, that's been, and I've, I've watched Comic-Cons, or followed them, you know, via Twitter, because I never get a chance to get out there, for as long as Twitter's existed. And I've never had the reaction that I had to any other piece of news that I did to that one. That's, and that still blows my mind and still gets me all fired up. A month later. Yeah, that definitely is the biggest Marvel Studio surprise in fucking years, or maybe of all time. Yeah, and I, yeah, I'm all for letting, letting him direct Blade, and just 
watching Mahershala just walk around and carve shit up. That I'm all for it. Speaking of Comic Con, next week is is D23. So, what can your fans expect? Yeah, I think we'll um we'll let's put something together that maybe we'll drop on like Thursday. Um, so you and I can get together, hook something up, a little prediction thing. I think it's interesting that <clears throat> they have a huge block of time for all of Disney films, but then they have a, another block of time for Disney Plus. So yeah, and they're back to back. And it's on Saturday. So, like, all day, Saturday the 24th, you're just going to be in. And if you're a Disney fan, like, if you're a Star Wars, Marvel, Lucasfilm, um, so not just, I guess, not just the Star Wars, the main Star Wars movies, but some of these new things that are coming out in the trilogies or or these solo movies that they've done. Um, you might even get some Indiana Jones news, you know, during that. And then Ooh. there's a separate thing for the Disney Plus. So, I think, you know, each each little, you know, Pixar animated all the little divisions are going to get a chunk of that large time i think we kind of figured marvel studios might get 20 to 30 minutes um but i guess the good news is yeah that's a nice chunk of time i guess the good news is for if you're a marvel fan that 20 30 minutes should the way that it was the way that it looks like on the breakdown it should be devoted just to films and then they will have another chunk of the disney plus uh, hour and a half or something like that where they'll be able to talk about their Disney Plus series. So you could have two completely sweet. separate news sources there, I think. All right, that's sweet. I'm so excited for it next week. So yeah, we won't so, uh, now, but we'll we'll come together again and and put out like a either a short episode um or a little little video or something that we can do ahead of time to do predictions. And then I, I imagine you and I will probably talk next Saturday or Sunday morning about what we found out at D23 and get another episode out again right away. So, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Little, yeah. little Charles overload coming for the, for the people that listen. All right, guys. That does it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. And as we said, we'll be back a couple times over the next seven days, uh, touching in on our D23 predictions and then our, our follow-up show. So, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Charles Murphy. And you can find me on Twitter at CFS Villanueva. And why don't, when you guys find us on Twitter, why don't you drop by and let us know what your D23 predictions are. And we'll check in with you again next week. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.